Welcome to Wobblies and Wizards. I am your host, Logar the Barbarian, joined by my co-hosts, Light the Light-Fingered Thief. Hello, everyone. And Marsh the Magic User. What's up? Hello. Uh, you know, I want to I want to start this episode off giving uh, talking for a minute about our Patreon and thanking those of you who have backed us here uh, recently and over time. And I, just real quick, I want to give a shout out. I'm going to I'm going to speak directly to y'all. Uh, Shannon McMaster, Creature Curation, Revenant Rogue, Marco Serrano, Sid T. Vicious, Jacob Campos, Philip Reed. Peter Skeins, James Knight, Huffa, Jim Hall, Kyle Maxwell, Michael Ruiz, Cameron Shanton, Rory Starks, Todd, Rabio Fioto, Mike T, and Richard Ruane. I want to thank all of you for the support that you've given us and are giving us. We really appreciate it. We could really use it. Now, we're going to roll on over and we're going to talk about a Dragon Mag article see i said article not issue <laughs> and i feel this 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 article is appropriate specifically for our podcast <laughs> so, some of our gaming parties perhaps so would anybody like to to tell what the the title of this is what don't drink this cocktail but throw it don't drink this cocktail, throw it. Why would I throw my cocktail? What kind of cocktail are we talking about here? Made of oil. Oil. That's, yeah. I, don't, I like, don't drink that oil. <laughs> I feel like that's not good for like your stomach or liver or in general. I don't, I don't know what happens if you drink like petrol or whatever the fuck it's called. Like gasoline. Well, here's the thing. You know that they they use like like petrol derivatives in at, in like food they make for us, like Twinkies and stuff has crap made out of petrol in it for preservatives and all. <laughs> oh, maybe it's okay then. I, oh, here's the thing. When I learned this on 2020 in the 90s, I stopped eating Twinkies. <laughs> I haven't had a Twinkie since. <laughs> Twinkies have a shelf life, you know, or. or it's not a shelf life. It's a half life, you know, of a hundred years probably. So, well, so as for a cocktail, it's the Molotov cocktail. I I want to bring up that old Chumbawamba song. Um, is that is that has the line "Give the anarchist a cigarette"? I'm trying to remember what the actual name of the the, the song was, but oh, nothing ever burns down on its own. Every fire needs a little bit of help, they say. And that's on Anarchy the album. Check it out. I think I think it might be called Give the Anarchist a Cigarette. This <laughs> but it, it's well worth checking out. And I feel that's appropriate for this one because we're talking about apparently this game group was just running around using flasks and oil for most of their damage and really taking stuff out. And he had to kind of put some reins on it and kind of looked at it. And he did kind of a deep dive into the Molotov cocktail and different ways they can be done, like like with the wicks, soaking them in saltpeter, because saltpeter is what gives the apparently the uh, some of the ignition and, and oomph to the gunpowder and, and things like that. So he kind of goes a little in depth on the creation of the Molotov cocktails and what works best. And then he gives you some options uh, as well. Uh, if the grenade misses, uh, misdirections, and things like that. So that gives a little structure to throwing your Molotov's cocktails. It organizes your Molotov cocktail usage. <laughs> so this is what, Dra Dragon Magazine number 40, August 1980. 
And this is on page 18. Don't drink this cocktail. Throw it by Robert Plamoudin. How do you pronounce that? P Plamoudin. Oh, I feel like a horrible human being now. I've butchered someone else's name. But I mean, there were some interesting rules about you know throwing the Molotov cocktail and seeing you know if you hit or not, and then if you if you hit, does it break as well? So I think there's some interesting rules around that one. Yeah, so the, the, there is a role of of it breaking, and there, if you getting hit and it breaking, so there's different chances of you being harmed by it and things like that. So it talks about the, soaking the. Where is it at? Hold on a second. Um. The best Molotov cocktails have their paper caps and wicks impregnated with saltpeter, so they will light from a spark or a hot, hot coal. Saltpeter is what makes gunpowder burn faster than other smelly charcoal fires. It can be obtained from nitrate deposits in caves. Alchemists use it a lot. Molotov cocktails of the most elaborate sort will cost from 30 to 40 silver pieces. So you can use a Molotov cocktail made by an alchemist, it seems to be saying. Like the Greek fire? Greek fire. Well, that, I think Greek fire is slightly different. It's just so insane because to me, this sounds very much like I'm going to disseminate some information about Molotov cocktails. I'm going to put in dragon mag so it looks like it could inconspicuous. <laughs> it does. Like, this yeah. is so much... <laughs> Uh, that's why I think I appreciate this article so much. <laughs> it's like, let me give you a little bit of information on how to make the best explosives <laughs> for your game. For your game. In Minecraft this or is, whatever. Yeah. Right. This is for educational purposes only. We would never encourage anybody to create a Molotov cocktail and put a bunch of like, you know, foam bits into it. It's to make your fiction have an edge of realism to it is what it's for. <laughs> the beauty of fiction is you're able to say things about fictional worlds and make-believe that you can't say in a normally in society. Exactly. If you were to make a bunch of Molotov cocktails and stuff it with, you know, styrofoam and throw it at the local town sheriff, what would happen? So that, so how do you stat something like that in game? <laughs> because we're playing a, a heist. <laughs> yeah, we're playing a heist exactly. So we're trying to break. We're trying to break. Uh, you know, break like the thief out of the uh, local county jail. <laughs> it talks about lighting the wicks that you're making. The devices are extremely dangerous. A fall, a fumble, or an attack. If you got it soaked in saltpeter, a lot of things can can ignite it. It's saying, "Are uh, your players are suicidal? They'll love self igniting flashes that those recurs to. Um, discover phosphorus." White phosphorus has the charming property of burning spontaneously in air, but not in oil. Thus, when a flask of oil and phosphorus breaks, the phosphorus is exposed to the air and everything bursts into flame. So those devices are extremely dangerous. A fall, a fumble, or an attack can break the flask and torch the user. This is real. And it kind of... So it kind of, I don't know how much of this is real or not, to be 100%. I've never, like, mm. sat here and tried to make Molotov <laughs> cocktail. I have never in my life tried to make cocktail, Molotov cocktails and make them like this. So how, like, real this is of the self-igniting and stuff, I'm not sure. But, I mean, at a point, like, there's there's got to be a gap between when you're making a Molotov cocktail homemade thing and, like, people make pipe bombs and all this stuff to making it, like, a professionally manufactured bar, like, like right. where's the line there? Like there are ways for yeah. it to ignite and hit. 
Don't do that. Don't do this at home, kids. Disclaimer. <laughs> now, there's two non-bulky, easily concealed fire sources are the punk and slow match. The punk is fungus decayed wood. Slow match is specially treated rope or cord. Both smolder without flame at the same rate of 30 inches per hour, five inches per turn. And it keeps on going more in depth of, of the different things you can use, but it also starts giving you like uh like combat using flame oil, as given the Dungeons Master's Guide is not too complicated. The system uses first roll a 20 to hit. If the grenade misses, pick a convenient direction, and you're going to roll a 2d12 for the range. And then you roll another d20. A 1 means the flask does not break. A 2 means the flask broke but did not light for the Molotov cocktails and the older phosphorus flame. So... There's a chance if you do miss, you got to check to see what happens, where it blows up, and where the damage goes is the rule they're essentially given here uh, for you to run when when someone's trying to, in your party's trying to. Now, we have definitely had players who have gotten a little uh, pyro uh, happy. <laughs> a little, a little <laughs> out of control because it's pretty much throwing a grenade at somebody. And as I understand, this article is written into response in a response to that uh, that becoming a little out of hand in the game. <laughs> right. right. But they do have some interesting rules in regards to, you know, if you're holding the flask as a player and you get attacked by somebody, there's a chance that that flask may drop and break and get set off. Or if you get hit, it might set it, set it off as well, too. So I feel like he's trying to add some balance to the game a little bit where there are some high risks if you do decide to use a Molotov cocktail. I just think it's kind of fun. And now, like, I realize, like, Diddy is like an open game, whatever. It's like, do whatever the fuck you want. Mm-hmm. This is an option for me now. And so my brain feels like it's been opened. <laughs> it's been expanded. So it was in this article where they were talking about having a huge bear with a flat brim hat show up with a plus six shovel oh, to fight the fire. Yeah. There's this, there this article. So if you use your pyromaniac skills too much, a magical bear is going to show up with a plus six shovel to fight the fire and probably beat you over the head with it as well, too, for starting the forest fire <laughs> or dungeon it, fire. I'm sorry. So it's oh, I didn't realize it when I was reading it. It just hit me now. The bear with the plus six shovel, shovel is Smokey the Bear. Smokey the Bear. <laughs> yeah, it is totally Smokey the Bear. That rocks. Yes. So if you abuse the the use of this fire too often then yes the magical bear will show up and kick your ass <laughs> at some point in time in the 80s we had this uh this book that i grew up reading it was called uh tenderfoot and it was about little ducks and stuff that were playing with fire and Smokey the bear had to come out around and, and teach them not to play with fire and forest fires and all that oh i really like i like that book growing up it was really cool little duck illustrations are great i love the art they use for the little duck kids they were like a group of boy scouts but they were anthropomorphized animals <laughs> that's cute does anybody else remember tenderfoot <laughs> uh no Anyways, that's a complete sidetrack. Now that I've realized Smokey the Bear is in Dungeons and Dragons and Dragon Mag issue number 40, yep. and he gets well, they, his plus six shovel. They didn't call him Smokey the Bear for copyright reasons, but they did describe him as a large bear with a flat brim hat, and that's pretty much Smokey. <laughs> yeah, that is Smokey. I, I, I totally went over my head the first time I read it. That's great. That's great. So, Molotov Cocktails. I have definitely ha- seen us using flasks of oil in game to fight things quite often. Yes. I don't know if this opens the door and makes things worse, like more chaotic. 
or if this puts a puts a puts a nip on it light i think that the amount of fire that i've seen used in uh in our hyperborea game it might be interesting if you uh <laughs> to yeah exactly things. you know we're probably gonna implement some of these rules for like you know using oil in poorly ventilated areas like a dungeon and suffocating and such <laughs> oh yeah it goes on about how bad it is to use oil in the dungeons for various reasons the dangers that come along with that as well one thing too is like like this is uh, dragon number 40. This is in the era of AD&D. What's beautiful is that our Hyperborea game is essentially mechanically just AD&D. So everything in here is totally compatible, compatible. with Astonishing Swordsman and Sorcerers of Hyperborea. Yes. So if you guys decide to bring oil to the next game, we'll see what happens. <laughs> oh no. I've just dug us our own grave. <laughs> no. It made it more interesting. So Marsha, I know in our last our recent episode, we talked about the dueling room. So do you think uh, Marsha, the magic user, would bring, like, say, three flasks of flaming oil to the dueling room, perhaps? Are they allowed? Because if shit like ranked weapons are not allowed, I feel like lots of cocktails are kind of, like, not kosher. But also, yes, please. <laughs> I think it'd make it really interesting, you know, because, you know, let's say a fighter was chasing after you. Get the Molotov at them, splash him with flaming oil and form a little barrier. <laughs> give yourself time to go cast a spell at him. That's true. It's like oil is magic. Oil is magic. Well, I mean, th then what about the Greek fire? The Greek fire is pretty terrible because that sticks you and stays on you. <laughs> so Greek fire is a legit thing. Like, I was watching the uh, that, that Netflix documentary about the uh, about Constantinople um, in the fall there. And they had they were using it Greek fire in there. Actually, some of it was actually on their own people that were digging tunnels trying to collapse the walls around the city. Um, it was an incendiary, incendiary weapon used by the Eastern Roman Empire beginning in 672, used to set fire to enemy ships. It consisted of combustible compound emitting a flame-throwing weapon. Some historians believe it could be ignited on contact with water and probably based in naphtha and quick time. The Byzantines typically used it in naval battles to great effect. So Greek fire was mostly for naval battles originally, from what I understand, but was used in other situations as well. It was highly combustible. That's scary. Yeah. I mean, the weapons of warfare are never fun. <laughs> when you oh, have no. to encounter them. It's napalm. Uh, it's very similar, from what I understand, in effects to what napalm is and what the, we were using on people at one point in time, just here within a generation or so. Uh, just recently, the U.S. did. So Yeah. Well, we're, we're still using white phosphorus right now in the Middle East. So, I mean. Yeah. So, Molotov cocktails in game. What do you all think? <laughs> They're going to probably be used, at least by our party, because I've seen it happen a lot in game. I think now it's going to be in my head now. So next time I play or run something, I'm going to have my list like Molotov cocktail. I can do that. <laughs> Just keep that in mind. That's an option. That is an option. And I think the Dragon Magazine does create some, you know, balancing mechanics with it in terms of, you know, if you get hit while you're throwing the cocktail or if you suffocate yourself, or if you have Smokey the Bear show up. So I think, you know, <laughs> it's not just the players burning their way through every monster. It's uh, There are pros and cons, and we need to make sure that it's balanced that way. Yes. And I would like to remind everybody that every fire needs a little bit of help. Nothing ever burns down on its own. 
as Chumbawamba would say. Well, if, the dead, dead Kennedys also had the Force Fire song. Yes. If you've enjoyed what you heard here today, give us a positive review wherever you're listening. You can find us on Facebook. Search Wobblies and Wizards. Wobbliesandwizards.com is our blog. I'm on Twitter at LogarHailCrom. We're on Patreon. We can really support patreon.com backslash Wobblies and Wizards. Marcia, where are you at? So I am at TraverseFantasy.blogspot.com and TraverseFantasy on Twitter. And as always, keep those dice rolling. And always have a fire extinguisher in every room that you're in.